For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is Monday, November the 16th. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got Chris Giannini on the phone today. He is off-site working on some major project that we cannot tell you what it is for fear of our lives. So, or I guess for our lives, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> big, big time stuff in the works for one Mr. Giannini. Um, so, we got a lot to talk about today. We had some big time stuff go down in college football yesterday. We had uh, we, we got NCAA tournament news already, and then of course we were going to recap the NFL. Uh, Matt said, <laughs> Matt said Chris is playing with his dinghy. Um, let's see, Zamora's already jumped in. We in here. I need Vikings to win uh, to win my NFL pick'em, um, or the Bears to win, and it be forty three or more points. Man alive! All these different things that you, man just just pick a winner. Just make it easy. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Um, so, first off, Chris, how's everything going where you are? Is everything good? Yep, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's wonderful. You sound like you're in good spirits. I myself have uh, have some spirits right in front of me that I will be uh, tasting on delicately through the rest of the show because it has been a Monday, and we all know how those Mondays go. Um, before we get started on anything, let me put this drink back down. WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. All the picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms, etc., are over there. So go and check that bad boy out. Uh, everywhere that you need to be subscribed, you can find it right there. We will go ahead and tell you, the live show right here, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, on Facebook, Twitch, Periscope, and YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to each of those or whichever one you prefer to use. We would prefer that you use YouTube uh, because it seems to work the best. So either way, uh, along with that, if you ever miss the live show, we've got the podcast. We do podcast exclusives on Sundays and Thursdays and over on YouTube as well, the Sportsbook Review YouTube page, sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF, or on YouTube, just go search sbrpicks. Very easy to do. We are there with the opening line show on Mondays. We have our deep dives and pick show on Tuesdays. And then on Saturday mornings, we have our uh, closing line show. So make sure you are subscribed there and that you head over to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. You can find our articles, deep dives, et cetera, over there as well. Uh, Chris. Hey, uh, Will Muschamp got fired yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna miss old Coach Boom. We talked about this last night um, when I was when I was leaving your house, and I just did not believe that they would make the move yet, and I was insanely wrong. Like I just I I could not believe that they would do it with you know what three games left in the season for them. Yeah, they're two and yeah, five. Yeah, I don't right really now. Un- you know I don't really understand the timing unless they think this is going to set them up to to be able to get the coach they want because they've got the first big job open. 
Yeah, I, I that guess. That has to be the logic, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. It's it, This is recruiting season, right? Like the the AD, Ray Tanner, you know, former baseball coach there, he won a national championship there. Like he, he thinks that by doing this, you can go ahead and get started because, you know, we talked about this the last couple of years. Uh, signing day is still in the middle of December, like <laughs> which is insane because you're going to be dealing with signing day while you're prepping for ball games this year. Like it's it's really weird. I wish the NCAA would push back because we've had to push back the uh, the season thus far. But uh, hang know. on, that's just that early signing day, and all those kids that sign them that signing day have been committed to the schools forever. Not one single surprise signing have we ever gotten from that December early signing day. Oh, that's that's not true. We have had some flips on that day because they, it, honestly, eighty percent of the recruits. Um, of the of the blue chippers sign on that day, like it the over the last two years, that's been the number eighty percent of them sign on that, the early signing that day. That shocks me. That shocks me. I think I think the majority of kids that sign on that day were all. I think very few flips actually happen. I think all those guys were committed and have been committed for a long time. Yeah, maybe you're I right. I think those who are undecided take the full amount of time. Well, so. So let's go ahead and talk about this. It, it's still ridiculous, right? There's nothing that you could get done today that I don't believe you'll be able to get done in three weeks, especially if you were going for a sitting head coach because a lot of these guys are not going to be done anyway, right? Uh, no, that's, that's just not true because you can be talking to those athletic those agents and you absolutely can get a deal done uh, behind the scenes. You don't think that yeah, those, but- those deals are done anyway? Like why – I, I just don't get no, the point not if, of – No, not if they didn't know. Listen, there are a lot of coaches that say to their agents they won't talk to somebody if if the job is full. If 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 they've got a coach, we won't talk – don't talk to that guy. And okay. and now they can they can, uh, they can can have their pick of any coach that's willing to, to have their agent be considered with them and still go about coaching their game. The agent knows what the coach wants. The agent knows the expectations of the coach. If they were to take the job, and and the agent can negotiate all of these things without that coach ever being named, and still being able to continue to do their job. So Matt brings up something interesting on YouTube. He said, uh, first off, has Will Muschamp been successful anywhere as a head coach?" Um, yes, and well, no. no. He's only had coaching jobs. Yeah, he's only had those two jobs. Now he was in line to get the Texas job whenever Mac was gone. Uh, he was the the head coach in waiting there, but he left there to take the Florida job, and that was kind of a surprise right. hiring, right? But he did have an eleven win season. He did go to the Sugar Bowl as the Florida head coach. Uh, I mean, they were they were ranked number four in the country that year. It, if there had been a playoff, he would have made the College Football Playoff. So you know, it did kind of taper off on him. He had to deal with a lot of injuries, a whole lot of other mess, but he was never really able to get that offense going at Florida. And it's kind of the same thing at South Carolina. He's done about what was expected. At South Carolina, right? He had one nine-win season, had a couple of seven, eight-win years, whatever. Last year went four and eight. He is now two and five this season and has been let go. And one of the things that Ray Tanner said was, hey, we're not winning ball games. You're not going to find any 10-7 ball games anymore. And he's right, but, and Matt said, uh, was that his team or did he inherit it? Uh well, it depends on which one you're talking about. I mean, he, he kind of had to clean up a mess at, at Florida. Um, at Urban Meyer left him some talent, but it, it was kind of a mess when Urban left. 
And at South Carolina, Steve Spurrier kind of left him a mess too. You know, and don't forget, Steve Spurrier was two and four that season, and it was headed nowhere, and he just quit in the middle of the year. So Muschamp did have to come in and clean up a little bit. Uh, but it has tapered off for sure at South Carolina, and I don't know that I necessarily blame uh, South Carolina for pulling the trigger right now. The optics look bad, but if you feel like you're wanting to go out and get your guy, then, you know, I, this is not a bad move, I don't think. Matt said, uh, with the shortened season and all that's going on, do you think active coaches will actually have time to uh, to interview? And yes, 100%. Everything is done through Zoom now. Like, I, you're just a yeah, lot they, of people. They, oh, hey, also, these aren't interviews. They, these athletic directors call people they want to hire already. Yes. Okay? And that coach, if it's an interview, it's anything. It's the inter- the, the coach is interviewing the athletic director. And sure, all that stuff can be done through Zoom. The coach is probably doing a lot of conversations if they're considering a job talking to uh, head of booster clubs and things of that nature of how to fundraise and, and what those people's expectations are. Yes, yes. So the big name right now is Hugh Freeze, right? Everybody yeah. wants to talk about Hugh Freeze. Uh, I will go in and tell you this. One, I don't think that Freeze wants this job. Like, I think that he can. he feels like he can do better than this job. So that, along with the fact that, and you will hear the name Jeff Munkin brought up a lot, the Army head coach, the the guy that is the president at the University of South Carolina is a former military guy. He was the president of Georgia Southern when Munkin was there. He is looking for integrity and all those different things, right? Like all the stuff that goes with that, it, which this is kind of a dirty business anyway, but if you are the school president, you are going to have to vet whoever your AD decides to hire, and that's where you get into all these different names. So uh, do you have anybody off the top of your head before I go through my list that uh, that you think is a candidate for this job? No, I think I, – I mean, I, I think all the hot coaches at the at the G5 schools or the, the – um, at, at the independents, I guess, would be it. Jeff Munkin, I think, will be a disaster – because you have to recruit. Having integrity yes. is a great thing. But at some point in time in the SEC, that sounds a whole lot like we're just going to be South Carolina. I mean, we're just going to be Vanderbilt, and we're just going to get our head kicked in. But we'll have integrity doing it. Yeah, recruiting is a big – like people kind of rip on Dan Mullen for not being able to recruit, but he still is able to recruit. He just goes and gets his guys. Like he goes and gets his kind of guys, and it's not necessarily the, the four-star and the five-star, like the top 100 guys – he goes and gets guys that fit into his system that fit the style of play that he wants to do, right? So, uh, Munkin, I just I don't know that he's ever been in that world, and I don't think that he's going to be a good name for it. So, uh, that's one of them. We talked about Freeze already. Billy Napier, I think, would be a fantastic hire here. I, I You know, you, you hesitate to call anything a home run, but Napier is an offensive guy from that Saban and Dabo tree he has done insanely good things at Louisiana. No, this year hasn't been dominant by any stretch of the imagination, but he wins. So, you know, one thing that kind of surprised me with this is Ray Tanner coming out and saying, hey, you know, we're not going to win a whole lot of 10-7 ball games anymore. So, obviously, they're looking at offensive guys. But if you do that, you're kind of lopping off half of the, you know, best candidates. Like, I, I, I'm just a little surprised that, at, at him saying the, it. That's just the nature of the game, though, man. That's where the game is going. Agreed. Agreed. But you can also look at guys like Nick Saban who decided to flip, right? They flipped over 
and found guys that run. Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron's never been an offensive guy in his life. But he understood that you have to get those guys in there. And, yes, it, it part the biggest part of it is building a winning team, getting the locker room set right. Dabo, now he's a former wide receivers coach, but that ain't his system that they're running. He just understood, hey, we got we to gotta move in this direction. So Gary, this is not what these athletic directors are looking at, though. You're, you're an athletic director at a small-budget school, okay? While it's the SEC, this is one of the poorest SEC schools in the, in the conference, all right? If they hire a defensive guy and they bring in an offensive genius to be an OC, that guy's going to get hired away from them in a second. That's true. And if you make the OC the head coach, if you make the offensive guy the head coach, then guys just aren't going and getting defensive coordinators that are great anymore. The offensive guys are getting all the head coaching jobs now, which, which I don't always agree with, but I damn sure understand it if you're the small school because you can't lose your OC every couple of years. It'll cripple you. Yes. No, you're, you're right about that. Uh, that's Matt, that's Matt where Jadil. that logic comes from. That's where that biases come from. And, and while I don't like it, I also don't disagree with it because these little schools just can't afford to keep losing their OC all the time. That, that is true. Uh, Matt said, where's the coach, uh, where's the coach going to get top recruits to South Carolina? Who wants to go there? Uh, oh, lots of people. Yeah. Look, look, look. Players want to play in the SEC. South Carolina's got a pretty good roster right now. It's, it's not like, it's not the dregs. It's not as bad as, as it has looked. And honestly, you know, South Carolina ain't that far from Clemson. Like, who wants to go to Clemson? Like, they had to build Clemson into what it is. So I'm not totally against. Well, Columbia, Columbia, in my opinion, is a better town than Clemson. I mean, it just yeah. Is. I mean, it certainly is, but it's not the better football program right now. But I will say this: Muschamp, for sure, after uh, after being there for just a season, put the wheels in motion, got all the facilities upgraded. That is a better football program right now than when he found it. And and Spurrier made it a better program than when he found it. And Holtz did the same thing before that. So like, y- you've gone from Lou Holtz to Steve Spurrier to Will Muschamp. You know, you got you got another thing jumping in. Terry jumps in. He said, what's up? Uh, Antoine Johnson said, are we riding with the Bears tonight? Vikings now minus three from three and a half. Uh, you know, I, if you're going to bet the game, yeah, I'd bet the Bears. But, um, but yeah, like I, I don't trust Kirk I, I Cousins. I want to get back to South Carolina being a good job. Let's, I'm going to tell you this. So, I, I like South Carolina. South Carolina is the team in the East that I always have rooted for since we were in high school. And, and, and I'll tell you why. In 1998, is our sophomore year of high school is when I got really into college football, like super deep down the rabbit hole, okay? okay? Fell in love with it. Always liked it, but just really got into big boy college football. And because of my middle school football experience, our coach beat into our head Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz, Lou Holtz. We watched every Lou Holtz video all the time religiously about all his speeches and all this stuff. And and I was indoctrinated in him. He was the coach there. He went one and 10 at South Carolina, our sophomore year. And they sold out season tickets the following year. He went. Oh, and 11. Oh, and 11. The year after that, they sold out season tickets after that. Yes. That fan base is fantastic. That fan base loves their team 
with no expectations whatsoever. There's not a single fan base in the SEC and maybe not in the country that two years back-to-back could go 1-21 and in both years sell out their season tickets. Well, and then the very okay. next season went eight and four after going zero and eleven. You know, well, that's right. They brought in Spurrier. They brought in Daddy, and Daddy no, came no, no, in. No, 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 no. That was that was still under Lou. That was still Lou. Was Lou, it still under Lou? I thought yeah. Lou was gone after after the O for season. No, no, no. Nineteen ninety nine, Lou went zero and eleven, and that was actually his first season. You were thinking about Brad Stewart uh, going one and ten the year before that. They brought in Lou Holtz. He went zero and eleven. Second year there, he went eight and four. Then he went nine and three. And then he goes five and seven. Yep, five and seven, five and seven, and then six and five in his last year in two thousand four. But, but that's an incredible yeah. fan base. So, just, so, so I'm gonna tell you when they bring recruits to those games, and and they stay on the sidelines, and and they go through the experience of the fans as recruits. Those guys, even if they lose those games, those guys see an experience of a football game, and 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 you know. When those lights get jumping and that sound gets going and they play the music kicking off that game, that is one of the better experiences in the SEC where it's full of nothing but great experiences. So yes. I, I think you can recruit. I think you can win. You know, for Spurrier pulled Jadavion Clowney, the best player in all of college football in the country at one point in time, who he came there and said, Coach, if I come here, I don't lose to rivals. And Spurrier said, you come here, and you'll never lose to Clemson. And yep. three years straight, Javion Clowney, a far lesser team, far lesser team, never lost to Clemson. No, they, I'm they won you, five straight. Yeah. They can they can be good. Um, and that, I think that's a good job. I think Billy Napier is a, a great name. I am down on him because there's a little disappointment for this year. But, but it doesn't mean that he's not great. I think Hugh is worlds better than him. Um, and, and just because the hot name, uh, I've probably fallen into a little recency bias. I, I do think coach Jamie would be a bigger pull than him right now for what, for what he's doing, um, just right down the road. Well, so, so we may like, we'll get to watch them again, right? Cause I would imagine we're going to have Jamie Chadwell, coastal Carolina and Billy Napier in Louisiana facing off in the Sunbelt championship game. Um, yeah, we've, we've already watched them yeah, we've already seen it once, and Jamie Chadwell and, and the Chanticleers uh, got that thing knocked out the first time in Louisiana. Um, but Napier's already wrapped up his division, you know, already. So now we have to get Chadwell there, and they've still got App State this weekend. So those are two names. Another one, Will Healy, you know, hasn't really proven it on a big stage, but he completely turned around Austin P. He has completely turned around Charlotte. Um, other Other big names that you can think of, Jeff Halfley at Boston College, not a terrible idea if he's interested in making that move. Um, and the reason why he could be interested in getting out of Boston College right now, one, South Carolina, easier to recruit to. Two, oh, uh, the AD that hired him into BC left like just a couple of months after he hired Halfley like, and, and went and took the UCLA job. So the guy that hired him is no longer there. And that's where, you know, maybe you think of that guy. Um People have brought up Tony Elliott, the OC at Clemson. I don't think that's going to happen. Tony Elliott is a Clemson graduate. Like, he, he's an alum, um, and he just loves Dabo. And I don't think that he would ever go to the rival. And maybe I'm wrong. Okay, I, so, okay, I think that's a bad argument, man. I really do. And, and the reason being is because um, unless Dabo's given anybody any any leeway or notice, 
that that Clemson job ain't opening up, okay? And and so if you can be a head coach at a big boy school or an OC at a big boy school, you go take the head coaching job because yes, that Clemson job might be a dream job for you, but but I mean the conversations about like so Michigan and Luke Fickle, you know they'll be oh he'll never he's Mister Buckeye he's Mister this bullshit. That guy needs a job, and if he can take Michigan and he can win at Michigan, at some point in time, you you can have all the loyalties and love you want, but you still have to build your resume and build your career. Uh, that's okay. That's a valid point. Uh, other other big name, um, Steve Sarkeesian. So what he's doing in Alabama now, obviously a lot more talent at Alabama than there is at South Carolina, but you know, I mean, obviously we will see. We will see, but that's another big I'm, game. You know me, my opinions of Sark. I don't, I don't, I just don't think he's a good offensive mind. Give him, give him all the benefits of having better players and better talent across the board, and yeah, he can do a lot of great things. But if things are equal, I, I, I've rarely seen where I wouldn't take the other coach over him. Totally fair, totally fair. Let's move off of this. Let's jump into the NCAA tournament stuff right quick. And I just, I don't want to, I don't want to spend too long on it. But I do want to ask your opinion. The NCAA has announced that they are moving the NCAA tournament to one site only. They are basically going to bubble this thing up and yep. quarantine everybody, and they're talking about doing it in Indianapolis. A lot of different places to play basketball in Indianapolis. Um, but they are also discussing the idea of doing it, you know, inside one of these domes or something like that where, you know, yeah. you can have some fans if you want to, but having multiple games going at the same time, that kind of stuff, right? I'm very curious your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, the, the CFP has said, no, this isn't possible. Like, we got to do this for the bowl games. We got to, you know, send teams all over the country, whatever. Uh, the NCAA tournament just proved, no, that's that's not the case. You can, you can do a bubble, and that's what we're going to do for the NCAA tournament. You think it's a good idea? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I think it's absolutely what they should do. It's the only way we're going to get an NCAA tournament. By the way, are we are we, are we going to stretch this out over over weeks and weeks? Then because I mean we're talking about three weeks, you know. For, for no, you teams. won't have all the bye weeks. You won't have all the bye games. Sorry, you won't have all the downtime that you used to have. We'll make them play it a lot sooner and a lot faster. Um, you know, we're, we'll try to maybe probably not do back to back nights, but but I think every, there's enough teams that where you can just stagger this thing to where every other night you play. And that's just what we're going to do. There, I don't think it'll be a thing where, you know, how we they started on Thursday and it goes from Thursday to Sunday and then they don't play again until the following Thursday, Thursday. or Friday. Yeah. Like, like that, that ain't happening. Like, no, no, we're done Sunday. Our teams are playing Monday. Teams are playing Tuesday. Teams are playing Wednesday. We, we, we're going to keep this. If we have to rent this thing out, we're going we're gonna to push it through. And I think that's okay. I think that's the best way to do it because it guarantees us we get a championship. We get to actually have this full experience that looks different. It's going to sound different. Every sport has so far, but every sport has been very successful doing something like this. I agree. I agree. Uh, and I, I'll tell you this. That a, a dome-like stadium, there is zero reason. If you can fit two courts together uh, at one time in a dome, which there's no reason you can't, um, it, they have to be able to allow students families that coaches and students families need to be allowed to be there these domes hold 60 to 70,000 people if you can't fit 10,000 people in there that are family of the people playing and participating we got a damn problem 
Okay. Yeah. No, I agree. Now, it all depends on if they end up doing the arenas or or something like that. But even still, you're still talking about plenty of room to have families. Well, and if you've got an so, arena that's only a one-court arena, you're still only going to have a couple of hundred family members because these rosters are small. Exactly. Exactly. So it's so, not. I mean, so even if the arena only holds ten thousand people, you can't fit three hundred people in there. Jesus. No, I, I think they'll be able to do that. I think they will be able to do that, and they'll they'll figure all that stuff out, all the logistics and whatnot, uh, because we are still in November. We haven't even started the season yet, and they've still got a while to be yeah. able to figure that out. So that, that's the only problem I have with what the Pac-12 is doing, what the Big Ten's doing. All these teams are just blanket. We're just not going to have fans. I understand the safety process. I understand you don't want to have fans. You don't even have to open concessions up. Just, just unlock the bathrooms and 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 let people come in and watch their kids. Yeah. I, that that's the one thing I don't have. I you know I don't understand. You know, I'm, I'm with you. College with football you. holds 20 to, to 120,000 people. You, you can't fit a couple hundred people in there? And, and just have them set together, you know, far, far away from well, who Yeah, they're else. all family. Yeah. Who cares? They, or you can spread out. You don't have to, if, if you don't like Uncle Ray, you don't have to sit next to Uncle Ray. You, there's there's exactly. 70,000 seats to choose from. Go find another one. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, you ready to jump into uh, into this NFL recap? Yep, let's roll. Let's do this thing. All right, so NFL Week 10 just finished up, and we are going to discuss all the games from Sunday. We already talked about the Thursday night game last week. Um, so let's go ahead and, and dive into it. Um, Texans-Browns, you know, monsoon, just a disaster. That was crazy. Uh, ten to seven ball game. Browns win. Anything important that we need to discuss there? I mean, Chubb shows back up and runs for 126 yards on 19 carries. We kind of expected that, right? Yep. Nope. With Chubb and Hunt both healthy together, this run game is very, very, very special. It is the best in the league. Um, hey, how impressive! Monsoon, how impressive was that for uh, for Chubb to to run the ball out at like the one yard line when he when he had a clear yeah. touchdown? Yeah. Yeah. Smart. Smart. Shows he's got a head on his shoulders. Listen. The one exception that I have with the monsoon is it gives all Brown fans around and the team and the coaching staff just one more damn excuse for Baker. Oh, we had a shitty game. Yeah, but it was the monsoon. But every time I turn around and Baker plays like crap, all I hear are excuses week in and week out. You know what? I'm getting damn tired of listening to these people's excuses. Yeah, I mean, so Baker was uh, 12 out of 20 for 132 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Deshaun Watson was 20 out of 30 for 163 yards, 
with uh with one touchdown. So, you know, I mean it it, it was it was a pretty ugly ball game to be completely honest. Well, no, it's an ugly ball game, and it was the monsoon, but it's just another check mark that well we got to throw that game out. We can't look at that game anymore if we're going to judge Baker. We just can't. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, Washington twenty seven, the Detroit Lions thirty, and you know Alex Smith. Not uh not too bad in his in his first game as the starter. Thirty eight out of fifty five passing, three hundred ninety yards, uh, but no touchdowns, no interceptions. Antonio Gibson thirteen carries, forty five yards, two touchdowns. Matt Stafford threw three touchdowns in this game, uh, basically won him the ball game. And you know it, this was a game between two not very good football teams, and, and Detroit found a way to win. No, um, Jadavion Clowning with the big penalty at the end that gets them set up for the field goal. If this game goes into overtime, I like the football team's chances of winning it. I really do. They were playing better at the end, and the Lions get in the field goal range, quote-unquote, I use that loosely, 61-yarder to win the game. You know, you you did everything right. Clowney has a a brutal, brutal, brutal. you, You mean Chase Young, right? Young, I'm so sorry. Yes, they play so much alike. They're just so I know. aggressive, big, and fast and strong. Um, yes, Chase Young. Chase Young with a brutal, brutal penalty to, to, to set up the 61-yarder. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. He's young. He's aggressive. You can't. You just can't. You can't. You want to You want to take – this is going to sound really bad. Like, you want to take a shot like that and make a statement you know, do that shit in the first quarter. Yeah, do it early. Make the quarterback, make the quarterback feel it. Get the penalty. Like, like we grew up in a day and age where you know you don't knock somebody asses out. You do it early in the game, so don't end the game for you. And they feel it all game, and they know you're capable of that kind of violence. Doing it at the very end helps you at none at all. Exactly, and, and, and it, it kind of cost you. It actually, it yeah. actually I say cost you the game pretty loosely. They made a super field goal. One person in the in the history of the world has made one longer than that. You know, it's to, I, I kind of think the Lions won it because of that. But at the same time, they wouldn't have been in position to have that 61-yarder if, if you don't do the stupid thing that you did. But exactly. he's young. He's playing aggressive. I think Ron Revere is the perfect coach for this young man. Yes, I, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Packers 24, Jaguars 20. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 24 out of 34, 325 with two touchdowns. James Robinson continues to impress for the Jaguars, 23 carries, 109 yards. Uh, nobody expected the Jags to, to even be in this game. Um, Jake Luton, uh, 18 out of 35, 169 yards, one touchdown, one pick. You know, he, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't great. Um, you know, the Packers, everybody expected them to just run away with this one, and they didn't. Uh, they gave up a, uh, a punt return for a touchdown, and just kind of looked like they were taking the week off a little bit. It, it just it, nothing felt right. So I, they just... I saw that differently. I okay. saw this differently. I I think if the Packers the Packers can beat a lot of teams real bad. Yeah. If you can run the ball on them, you can hang with them. You can. This is a bad football team that gave them all they wanted. And why is that? Because they controlled the line of scrimmage. They ran the football down their throat all day long. They couldn't stop it. And I know people get tired of hearing, oh, the Packers can't stop the run. Yeah, but at some point in time, that won't matter. Man, that matters. And it's not going to stop mattering until they can beat somebody who can run on them. You you might have a point there. 
You might have a this point. This is a bad football team that dominated and controlled the line of scrimmage from start to end. Okay, okay. I, I can I can roll with that. I can roll with Aaron that. Aaron Rodgers needed to be Aaron Rodgers, and he needed um, uh, Joe, uh, Adam Jones. No. Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones. I get my Joneses mixed up. Uh, <laughs> he needed Aaron Jones to be Aaron Jones to, uh, to win this game, and that should not have happened. No, I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, Cruz Madrid jumps in. He said, uh, what's up, Gary and Chris? My Giants won. Woo, come on, Giants. Tank, man. Uh, let's Look, let's jump into that one. Giants beat the Eagles 27-17. to That moves the Giants to 3-7. and The Eagles are currently 3-5-1. and So the Eagles are still leading the division. But, uh, man, this Giants team has been really impressive here lately. They This is the second straight win. And they were right there in that game with the Bucks. They really should have beaten the Eagles, you know, four weeks ago when they lost twenty-two to twenty-one. And you know, if if they had found a way to pull those two games out where they lost by one and two points, uh, they'd be sitting on a five-game winning streak. This defense has has been pretty damn impressive here lately. And I mean, you got to kind of give Joe Judge a little credit here, right? Well, so. All right, let's start with Joe Judge, and let's start with the Giants. Let's start with a winning team. Um, You said give Joe Judge the credit. 100% Joe Judge needs the credit. What I took away from this game, what I took away from the last two games that they lost closely, you know what that reminds me of and what that looks a whole lot like? Uh, That looks a whole lot like the Miami Dolphins last year. That's exactly what I was going to say. The new era of Bill Belichick, coaching tree now the dude's been coaching for a long time his coaching tree is deep and everybody that's left him the last 15 years has kind of sucked and these two young men what i know about them those teams fight hard for them bill has taught young coaches that it ain't always about talent it ain't always about scheming it's about who's got the most fight in them and Man, because I said it last year with Brian Flores, this team is trying to lose from a front office perspective. And Brian Flores is willing these guys to win. And we are seeing how great of a coach he is and how much that team loves him. This team in New York has no talent at all. They're a bad football team. And they are fighting like hell for Joe Judge. Yes, they most certainly are. Daniel Jones, 21 out of 28, 244 yards. He had nine carries for 64 yards. Uh New York looked good. Realize he can't throw the football, so I'm just going to tote this rock. You got that right. You got that right. Carson Wentz. All right, so let's get to the Eagles side. I want to go to the Eagles side for a minute, okay? The Eagles are leading this division with three wins and one tie, correct? Correct. I believe that the Eagles will not only not win this division, they will not be favored or win another game until Washington in Week 17. Let me read off their schedule, my friend. Okay. They got at Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona, Dallas, at Dallas. Dallas will be healthier by then, we know, and finishing the season with Washington. There's a world where this Eagles team doesn't win another game until Week 17. Yeah, you got a valid point here. Enjoy those three wins because this team is done. Carson Wentz I've been saying it for years and nobody <laughs> listens to me. Carson Wentz sucks. Yeah. I'm, he I'm was a you. product of Frank Wright's genius. 
Yes. And when the doctor leaves, Frankenstein is just another dumbass. That you, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Wentz was a uh, 21 out of 37, 208 yards. Uh, Miles Sanders had 15 carries for 85 yards, and this is just Miles bad... Sanders and uh, uh, Bart Scott ran all over this team. They looked great running the football. I, I have no idea how they lost this game. Uh, Damian said they can beat Green Bay. It, it, look, anything's possible, I guess. Now I'll but... say this: Yeah, they can run the football, so they can beat Green Bay. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's true. It, it'll depend on whether or not Miles Sanders is healthy because, I mean, my gosh, he's had, you know, it just it depends on the week, right? Uh, hey, yeah. you're, uh, our, our buddy Lawrence jumped in here. He said, how about them Ole Miss Rebels? And he said, how about those Muschamp killers? He said, clipboard throwing, co-ed banging Kiffin. <laughs> oh, my God. I know Lawrence had himself a, a fine weekend. So, because that was an, uh, an exciting game. Uh, yeah. Lawrence was at a birthday party. He didn't even get to watch the Rebels play. Oh, come on. There's such a thing as DVR, right? No, that doesn't count. You can't That's watch it. your team live. You're not a fan. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Lawrence. I love you. I love you. My I was sending him clips of the game, though. Uh, there you go. Uh, K-Storm said, uh, also, my Eagles team won't win, but I hate Carson Wentz. Never liked him when we drafted him. Uh, Man, yeah. listen. Hang on. I, w- I would have loved to have had this conversation with this individual uh, three years ago because – I've heard a lot of Eagles fans all of a sudden coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, he was never good. Oh, we never liked him. Never, never, never. It's like, no. 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 When, he, when he was having that MVP year, we all wanted to give him the MVP. Everybody loved him. So. You got that right. You got that right. Don't forget, this same guy that coached him up to an MVP type of year also got Nick Foles to throw for 500-something yards that in the year. Super Bowl. Yeah. That year got, got Nick Foles the Super Bowl. <sighs> So ridiculous. Uh, the Buccaneers win forty-six to twenty-three at Carolina. Uh, you know, at Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things. I mean, good gracious, Ronald Jones with a ninety-eight-yard touchdown run, and I mean that was impressive. I mean, <laughs> uh, the Panthers yeah, the, had the, no chance in this game. No, the, the 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 best thing about it was the drive of the game, quote unquote, that the Buck, uh, the you know, the NFL guys do or whatever. The drive of the game. One play, 91 yards, 14 seconds. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, this was, listen, this was a thing where this is the most predictable thing we, we was just ever going to happen. This Bucks team is a really, really good football team that for some reason can't beat the Saints. And they look real bad. And, they, and we just got to know the next week they they're going to kill somebody. They might be able to beat the Saints going forward if, uh, if Drew. Well, now we'll, we'll talk what, about Drew. Let's see. We'll get to we'll get to that point, but like the the Packers did the exact same thing. The Bucks destroyed the Packers, systematically wrecked them on national TV, and then the next week the Packers came out and beat the hell out of somebody. Yeah, that's just what's going to happen. This is the NFC, man. There's nobody great. Everybody's real good. Yes, yes, I I agree with that. Uh, let's talk about the Broncos and the Raiders. Uh, Raiders win thirty-seven to cool. twelve, and I think we could have seen this coming. Like, it, there's just not a lot there. Uh, Drew Locke is what, like two and eleven against winning teams between college believe, and the pros. I believe I had this, by the way. Yeah, Drew Locke, you, you not good at football. Hey, Andres Morales, by the way, jumped in and he uh, he said Tampa Bay hasn't beaten anybody legitimate. Uh, are the Packers not legitimate? Are the I mean, Packers not maybe the best team in the NFC? I mean, they're they're seven they didn't three. just beat them; they beat the shit out of them. They they've beaten the Panthers twice. They beat the Broncos. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Packers. They beat the Raiders, and uh, and then they won at a you know a pretty hot Giants team. You know, their only losses on the season were a one point loss 
at the Bears, and they got beat by double digits by the Saints both times. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I think the Bucks are pretty damn good. So yeah. Antonio Brown, by the way, looked uh, looked pretty like he looked pretty good. So uh, yeah, I think he's fine. Yeah, I think he's fine. Uh, Raiders. So back to the Raiders. Josh Jacobs. 21 carries, 112 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he's just ridiculous. Uh, Drew Locke, you know, put up a bunch of yards, but he was 23 out of 47 for 257 yards in this game. And uh, Broncos could get nothing going. This Raiders team, I mean, that's 6-3 and three right now. Like this, this no, they're not like bad. A, they're not bad. They're going to fight for that uh, last wild card spot. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, speaking of teams that aren't looking bad right now, the Dolphins are 6-3 and three after a 29-21 win over the Chargers. Tua is 3-0 and as a starter down there, and it ain't been all him. Obviously, this is a lot of the defense, a lot of special teams play, et cetera. This Brian Flores team looks a whole lot like a New England team, right? Yes. They, they, they look very, very good, very put together. Their schedule gets pretty tough, though. Um, well, uh, you know, there, there's a time that it does, but uh, for the next little bit, I mean, they got at the Broncos, at the Jets, then they play the Bengals. And that could get them to nine and three if they were to okay, win all yeah, those. Those three games are tough. They got Kansas City, they got New England, they got Vegas, they got Buffalo to end the season. Yeah, they, so they got some rough ones. The back, the back four is going to be the back. The back quarter is going to be tough. You better win your next three. That's that's what we'll say. You better win your next three. Uh, but yeah, yeah, two will look pretty good in this game. Justin Herbert, you know, with twenty out of thirty-two, one hundred eighty-seven yards, two touchdowns. Um, this defense for the for the Dolphins is legit. They are absolutely legit. Um, Damien jumps in. Brady didn't look great against Chicago. Just saying. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, K Storm said that Arizona team saved my parlay off that Hill Mary. Won't bet against the Bills again. That's a really great football team. Uh, you know what? Hey, let's go ahead and talk about that. The Bills lose 30 to 32 at Arizona. And I got to tell you, that Hill Mary was something else. DeAndre Hopkins goes up solo against three defenders and comes down with the football. And you're, I mean, is is Bill O'Brien really going to try and tell me that that guy is only worth a second round pick? Nope, nope. Bill <laughs> O'Brien's getting worse and worse. I mean, there he might not be employable. He might not be. He really might not be. I mean, let's hope that he has invested his money wisely because I don't know of a business that he can go into after this. I mean, he. Hey, uh, maybe he gets that South Carolina job. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, he could be like a landlord where you don't really have to do anything; just invest your money in property and then go collect rent every month. But, but like, yeah. I just don't see anything that takes decision making abilities to, that he, he's going to be allowed to do. Josh Allen in this game: thirty-two out of forty-nine, two hundred eighty-four yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, Kyler Murray on the other side: twenty-two out of thirty-two. 245 yards, one touchdown. Kyler Murray had 11 carries for 61 yards and two touchdowns. Kenyon Drake, 16 carries, 100 yards. And DeAndre Hopkins, uh, whoo, Lord, seven receptions, 127 yards, one touchdown. And then, of course, the Hail Mary at the end, uh, a 43-yarder that ended up getting the win. Um, you know, Stephon Diggs on the other side, like, these are the dudes, right? You got 32 completions, but you had 11 receptions by Cole Beasley for 109 yards and a touchdown. You had 10 receptions by Stephon Diggs for 93 yards and a touchdown. And then you had John Brown with six receptions for 72 yards. And then aside from that, you had a few guys that that got a couple of grabs here and there for very low yardage. But uh, but yeah, this is um, this is interesting. 
Like I, Buffalo is a good team, but Arizona's sitting there at six and three. Man, they've got a shot in this division. Well, yeah, they got a shot in this division. Sure. <laughs> Who do you think ends up coming out of the NFC West? If I, I know it's I know it's recency bias right now. I'd still put my money on Russell Wilson. Totally fair. I I think I would agree with that. I mean, they they got to get him to start making better decisions. But you know, uh, K Storm said Chris will agree. The Texans are moping after trading Hopkins for an injury prone David Johnson. Yes, of course, Chris will agree with that. I'm not even going to let you answer it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a, it's a dumb move. That's a, yeah, it's a dumb move, and we we called it the day that they did it. I mean, it's just stupid. Uh, the yep. Seahawks, uh, Seahawks lost. We talked about Russell Wilson right then. Uh, Rams win twenty three to sixteen over them, and you know Russell Wilson. You know, at the end of this ball game, I feel like he could have run that ball in if he wanted to. He turned around, tried to throw across his body, and the ball gets picked. Like, I feel like he is a better decision maker than that. And, you know, his numbers weren't great here. 22 out of 37, 248 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks in this game. He had eight carries for 60 yards. Uh, they signed, you know, Alex Collins off the, the trash heap. 11 carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. You know, I, I don't know... You know, I, I thought Seattle would be able to come back in this if only because of Russell Wilson. Like he, But I feel like maybe he's stressing a little too much, right? Maybe he's pressing too much on, on some of these games. Look, all I know is Mr. Unlimited has looked pretty damn limited lately, okay? Uh, DK Metcalf, only four targets. He got two receptions for 28 yards. Like, Tyler Lockett that had is, nine. but I, That is criminal. That yes. Is criminal. Like, why on earth are you not throwing to Metcalf? And Jalen Ramsey got a but that dude is, is he's swinging his dick today, thinking he locked down DK. He shut down DK. Man, shut the hell up. DK will school that man all day long. <laughs> he's a million times a better athlete. Jalen is. Yes, million times. Yes, I agree. I agree. It's just just ridiculous. Forty uh, ers get beat at the Saints, twenty-seven to thirteen. Um, I'm I'm going to stop calling. For the 49ers, you know, because we both said it on the show last week. Like, ah, you know, I feel like 49ers, you know, they could be in this, you know, whatever. Uh, the injuries are just catching up with them, man. Like, there's just... It, yeah, they, just don't, they, they don't have a real football team. Yeah, there's just not enough there for them right now. And in Seattle, I mean, uh, uh, New Orleans did what they had to do. Uh, you know, this, I feel like it was kind of one before you even had Jameis come in. But Jameis, you know, 6 out of 10, 63 yards, nothing terrible. You know, he he did what he had to do. Alvin Kamara had two touchdowns. Drew Brees, eight out of 13, 76 yards, and one touchdown before he went out. Now, Brees, of course, has uh, he has fractured ribs and a collapsed lung, per sources yeah. down there, and he is going to be out I, I for believe a while. Brees, I, believe, I believe Brees is done. I yeah. believe Brees will not play another snap again. Really? Like, you, you think, yeah. uh, I mean, good gracious. I think he's 41 years old with two broken ribs and a collapsed lung. And a, a gazillion dollar deal with NBC next year. Yeah, I think he's done. For sure. He uh, he has. Also, three... I'd like to say this: the 49ers dropped. Did you see? Dropped a guaranteed easy interception by Jameis. I thought, yeah. son of a bitch. He plays one quarter in this football game, and he's gonna still throw the pick. Just classic Jameis. Don't yeah. ever change, buddy. Don't ever change. <laughs> Uh, Breeze is suffering from three fractured ribs on his left side, two on the right, and possibly more, according to the source. Doctors have cautioned Breeze to be especially careful 
uh, with the oh, damage yeah. to okay, his so lung. Okay, so now he might have five fractured ribs. Yes, he's 41 years old playing a game that nobody's played at 41 at a competitive level other than Thomas Brady. Yeah, he's not playing again. He's done. This is James's team. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a long while before he, he comes back. I don't think he comes back this season. I think you're probably right. I think you are probably right. right. Uh, so it's going to be the Jameis and Taysom show. Move on to the last game. we got to go. Uh, let's see. Hold on. What? Uh, let's see. What else have we got? Bengals and uh, Steelers, 36-10. Not a lot to discuss there. Ben Roethlisberger, four touchdowns. Uh, this was, you know, it, you want to talk about how lucky the Steelers are again? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Steelers are lucky. They're lucky. Ben Roethlisberger, four touchdowns. He went three and out. And then, and then, got a, the the defense got a fumble, uh, or special teams got a fumble, so they get the ball in field goal range. They go three and out again, kick a field goal. Once again, Bengals go three and out. Uh, the Steelers go three and out, have to punt. Bengals uh, turn the ball over again in field goal range. He goes three and out again. First four drives, he gets twelve offensive plays in, and then at some point in time, you're up so big. And the other offense is just pressing. They can't do anything. And so you just start taking deep shots. You've got elite, crazy wide receivers that, that get wide open all the time. And you're just dropping bombs to them. Congratulations. You beat a bad team. You're, Go uh, on. you're driving Andres Morales insane. <laughs> Andres Morales can get over it. This team doesn't play a good team all year outside of the Ravens twice. And they might win both those games. But they don't play any of these teams that are good on the NFC. They don't play the Chiefs in the AFC. That's that's the list. The NFC has twelve good football teams, and they've avoided all of them. All of them. <laughs> the AFC has two good teams. It's them in the in the uh, in the Chiefs. Let me let me let you go ahead and gloat real quick about your Patriots twenty three to seventeen win over the Ravens last night. Ravens moved to six and three. Uh, you know Lamar Jackson twenty four out of thirty four two hundred forty nine yards two touchdowns one pick. Uh, he had 55 yards rushing. Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram could get nothing going on the ground. Damian Harris, 22 carries, 121 yards. He looks like he is the dude for the Patriots running the football. Cam Newton, uh, pretty effective in this game. 13 out of 17 passing, 118 yards, one touchdown. Uh, they had Jacoby Myers come in and throw a touchdown pass. You know, it, he'll, it was, he'll it, have to be worried. Cam Newton has yet to throw a touchdown pass to a receiver. That's going to be a problem at some point in time. Well, yeah. But uh, what receivers are you supposed to throw to? Well, he could throw it to Jacoby Myers because Jacoby Myers had himself a game, baby. Well, yeah, had himself had, a game. Five, that yeah, five receptions, 59 yards. Like, he, he pretty right. good. So, All right. Remember, remember when everybody was blowing Greg Roman last year and saying he should be the next head coach and waiting at, at one of these other places? He's going to get a big job. Yeah. yeah. Let's take the best running quarterback in the history of football. Let's take him out of the game and let's put somebody in the Wildcat that's a 30-something-year-old running back that's never taken a direct snap in his life. And let's snap the football to him in a monsoon, Greg Roman. Let's do that. (laughs) That was the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Why do you run? You run the Wildcat when Tom Brady is your quarterback. You run the Wildcat when Drew Brees is your quarterback or Phillip Rivers, one of these super unathletic, slow. Ben Roethlisberger is your quarterback unathletic, slow, meandering guys, okay? Yeah. Not when not when the best running quarterback in the history of the game is, is, is running your offense. Greg Roman, you're a moron. Second thing, 
I got a little play on words. I was pretty creative when I came up with this. You might think it's dumb. I thought it was good. Listen, this is Bill being Bill, okay? First, you got Spygate. Then you got Deflategate last night. We got the Floodgate. He called in the rain. He brought it down. It was It was just, you think Bill sold his soul to the devil? No, sir. No, sir. He has got a connection with God like no other coach you've ever seen. All right, I got to get out of here. Get out of here. I'll, I'll close out the show. All right. Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, Andres Morales, uh, he, yeah, he said, and now the Ravens laid an egg against New England, and Pittsburgh just got a gift to win the division. Yes, that's exactly what happened here. Uh, yes, K-Storm, Chris is on a rampage tonight. Oh, 100%. His boy Lamar got beat. Uh, Baker still looks like crap, so, of course, he's right on that one. But, uh, but yeah, and this Patriots got to win. It, however, the Steelers continue to win, and he ain't happy about that. However, uh, I'm excited about it. I love it. You guys know I'm a Steelers fan. It is what it is. And I will let Chris continue to spew his venom all over this show because I find it a little bit comical. So, it is what it is. I love Chris. I love you guys. You guys are fantastic. We're going to go ahead and jump out of the show. We appreciate all of you for jumping in today. It looks like Periscope never went out. We had some uh, some streaming issues initially. Uh, so, we appreciate you coming in late. Uh, Andres said, great show regardless. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. Much love indeed. All right. So, with that said, go over to winningcureseverything.com. All of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms are over there. Everywhere that you need to be subscribed or that you need to be following, etc. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. You can follow Chris at ChrisBGiannini. Uh, you can also follow the show at Winning Cures in case there's anything that pops up over there that we don't automatically post. But more than likely, on our personal accounts, that's where we're going to post the stuff. So, with that said, uh, go ahead and follow all of those. And if you ever miss the live show, you can always grab the full thing back on the podcast. Uh, any of your favorite podcast apps. We are now on Amazon Music. Uh, we're on uh, iHeartRadio, whatever their app thing is. We're on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, you know, it, Google, whatever. Apple, of course. And if you're on Apple, leave a nice five-star written review. We would certainly appreciate that. Uh, Andre said following now. We appreciate that. If you would, so kindly go ahead and hit the like button on the video and make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. We jump in here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we toss a few other videos up throughout the week uh, with our NFL picks, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and I think that is going to be it. Go over to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. That is our deep dive show, our flagship show, and we give our college football picks for the week, our official picks, and, uh, and we will let you guys know what we do over there tomorrow night. So... Go check that out. SBR Picks on YouTube is the spot. And, uh, and yeah, we appreciate you guys. So, with that said, you guys take care of each other. Or take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And uh, what do you say we cash some tickets tonight? Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com. Or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.